Mary Obana. Welcome to Shine. I'm all about friendly, soul-nourishing, spiritually inspired conversations that expand perspectives and offer practical guidance so you can live joyfully and shine brightly. I believe your experiences are a result of the perspective you bring to your circumstances. If you expand your perspective, you can transform your life. I believe everyone has something special within them, a unique gift, a light you are to find and share with the world. You are meant to shine. I believe you are meant to live with complete joy and peace. Nothing less. It's just awaiting your allowing. Ready to get to it? Here we go. Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me. It was in May of 2020 that I first started this podcast. Where does a time go? With listeners throughout the world, I am honored and humbled that you've welcomed me into your home, on your walks, hikes, and runs, in your cars, and in your gardens. (laughs) I've truly loved every moment of bringing these episodes to you. This journey started with the idea that everyone is meant to live with great joy and love and peace and fulfillment, and that everyone is incredibly unique and special. So in this 30th episode, I thought it would be apropos to focus specifically on just this. Recently, I completed this fantastic course taught by Dr. Lori Santos at Yale University called The Science of Well-Being, What Psychological Science Says About the Good Life. I have an insatiable appetite for anything that focuses on living your most joyful life, and this course put a lot of science into this idea. But in the end, we know it's not just about knowing things, it's about putting that understanding into practice. This is, of course, when we get the true benefit. So I'm going to share some highlights of things I learned through this course with the hope that it brings more well-being into your life. I want to spread this knowledge. We can never have enough well-being, right? One of the things that was so interesting about this course was that it turns out we have a lot of misconceptions about the things we think will bring us joy and fulfillment. Today, there's more research around this topic than ever before. And what it tells us is that when it comes to our, quote, happiness, we miss want. (laughs) Plain and simple, our minds are focused on the wrong stuff. When we think about the things that we want, presumably to make us feel better, things like having more money, a perfect body, perfect grades, a dream relationship, a more prestigious job, living in a larger house. Research has revealed that these things don't make us as happy as we might think. So why is that? What is going on? There are many reasons why this is true, but here are two of the big ones. Reference points. Our minds run wild. We don't think in terms of absolutes. We instead think in relative terms. Our minds constantly make judgments based on social comparisons, and those reference points mess us up. We compare our bodies, for example, to those we see in magazines and on the screen. 
Is it any wonder why cosmetic procedures in the U.S. have grown a whopping sixfold since 1997? According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, there were over 2.6 million cosmetic surgical procedures in 2019. Wow. We also compare our cars and houses to those down the street. I heard this crazy research finding. If your next door neighbor has a new car, you're 50% more likely to buy one too. What? (laughs) Anyways... One of the most famous examples of reference points related to our happiness is when researchers studied the responses of Olympic athletes in competition. The most notable example was with Michael Phelps in 2012. So Phelps wins the gold. The researchers can see that he is happy, of course, but what happens to the silver and bronze medalists? They just meddled at the Olympics, for goodness sakes. But Hungarian Laszlo She looks incredibly disappointed with his silver. So close to the gold, but so far away in his mind. He's not happy. His reference point was the gold. But Ryan Locke, who won the bronze, looked thrilled. His reference point was not meddling at all. This happens all the time. We don't see our circumstances in absolutes. Instead, we judge them relative to some standard of our choosing. It turns out this is a significant factor negatively affecting our state of well-being. Social media is rife with reference points, right? I mean, we judge our entire life against a single moment of someone else's. (laughs) Today, Antidepressants are prescribed at 400 times the rate than it was 20 years ago. You have to wonder whether social media has contributed, at least in some part, to the growing mental health challenges we see today. So these reference points that we use to evaluate our circumstances are created by our own minds. They are not absolute. They are not the truth. They are, in fact, usually pretty arbitrary. So the use of reference points is one of the big culprits working against our well-being. The second is something called hedonic adaptation. What is that? Simply put, we get used to stuff. Hedonic adaptation is a process of becoming accustomed to things. That car that we have coveted creates an emotional bump when we first get it, but you get used to it over time you lose that emotional elation, right? This holds true for the job you wanted, the college you were so excited to get admitted to, even lottery winnings. Do you see all those um, videos of people kind of recording themselves when they learn whether they've gotten admitted to the college of their dreams and they're crazy happy, right? Well, that crazy happiness starts to wane. Because we habituate to this new normal and you reset your reference points for the future. One of the great demonstrations of this is income. Even though research has found that your emotional well-being continues to increase as your income increases, it stops at about 75000 It's presumed because you can take care of your needs at that point, but that doesn't stop you from wanting more. In fact, this is crazy. It's been found that once your salary increases, even if you landed your dream salary goal of all time, the moment you get it, 
you want 40% more. You adapt. You're never satisfied. That previous salary that you thought would make you so happy suddenly is no longer enough. So we miss want. We work so hard for the things our minds have convinced us will contribute to our well-being only to find they don't have the lasting positive impact we thought to be true. So what are we to do? Because as I mentioned earlier, knowing this stuff is just part of it. What can we do to have meaningful improvements in our well-being? Well, we're going to tackle this in two parts, the second of which I'm going to cover in the next episode. But we're going to start now with this. Instead of focusing our attention externally on all those things we believe will bring us happiness, which we have learned has its flaws, let's turn our attention instead internally and dive into understanding and valuing who we are. You know how much I believe that everyone has a specialness within them. Shine is all about finding that gift that is unique to you so you can share it with the world. And for this anniversary-ish episode, it seemed apropos to focus on uncovering what makes you uniquely you. For many of us, it's tricky to know what makes us special. So here's one way we can get at it. We're going to focus on unique character strengths and why it's so important for us to know what they are. I'm going to cover what this is all about, then share a very cool assignment with you. In this episode, I'm going to give you a way to learn what your unique character strengths are. The pioneer of this work is a researcher named Martin Seligman from the University of Pennsylvania, who has really led the charge in the field of positive psychology, which is an umbrella term for the study of positive emotions, positive character traits, and as he calls it, enabling institutions. Seligman is a huge advocate of this notion that psychology isn't just about the study of relieving suffering, but equally, if not more important, increasing happiness, which he defines, by the way, as a combination of the pleasant life, the engaged life, and the meaningful life. He goes into all of this in depth in his book, Authentic Happiness. Seligman's signature work is the discovery that there are specific strengths and virtues that enable human thriving. So Seligman and his colleagues identified six overarching virtues that almost every culture across the world endorses. Then under each virtue, they identified strengths, that's characteristics that met very specific criteria. Each of these characteristics are ubiquitous, meaning they are widely recognized across cultures. Each is fulfilling, contributing to lasting satisfaction. Every characteristic is morally valued in and of itself, so they're not just means to an end. These strengths don't make others feel bad about themselves when they see them in others. Instead, they elevate others, producing admiration and not any kind of jealousy. These characteristics have an obvious opposite that is seen as negative. And what I found particularly interesting is that each of these strengths is trait-like, meaning they're stable and found in that individual consistently over time. 
Researchers can also measure these strengths so they are identifiable. Each is distinctive so they don't overlap with other character strengths in any way. They are strengths that are strikingly embodied in some individuals, meaning individuals that are known for this trait, and they are even prodigies, strengths that young children precociously show. These are also qualities that are noticeably absent in some individuals as well. And finally, these are strengths that are so valued that they are deliberately focused upon in societies, practices, and rituals to try to cultivate them, whether that's in our schools or religious institutions. I thought that was interesting, huh? So Seligman identified 24 of these distinctive character strengths that fall within one of six virtue categories. And these characteristics have a presence and remarkable similarity in people around the world. They defy cultural, ethnic, and religious differences, and they hold true irrespective of gender, age, or education. That was really interesting. So let's go through them. What are these 24 distinctive character strengths? Well, the first category is the virtue of wisdom, which includes the strengths that entail the acquisition and use of knowledge. So those strengths include the following, creativity, thinking of novel and productive ways to do things, curiosity, taking an interest in all the ongoing experiences, open-mindedness, which means thinking things through and examining them from all sides, love of learning, mastering new skills, topics, and bodies of knowledge, and finally, perspective, being able to provide wise counsel to others. Okay, so that's the virtue of wisdom, which has creativity, curiosity, open-mindedness, love of learning, and perspective. All right, the second category falls under the virtue of courage. So these include the emotional strengths that involve the will to accomplish goals in the face of opposition. So these are authenticity, speaking the truth and presenting oneself in a genuine way, bravery, not shrinking from threat, challenge, difficulty, or even pain, and persistence, finishing what one starts, and finally zest, approaching life with excitement and energy. So under the virtue of courage, the emotional strengths include authenticity, bravery, persistence, and zest. All right. The third group of characteristics falls under the virtue of humanity. So these are interpersonal strengths that involve tending and befriending others. These include kindness, which means doing favors and good deeds for others, love, valuing close relations with others, and social intelligence, being aware of the motives and feelings of self and others. So again, third group of characteristics under the virtue of humanity are kindness, love, and social intelligence. The fourth virtue is justice, which includes civic strengths that underlie healthy community life. They include fairness, treating all people the same according to notions of fairness and justice, leadership, organizing group activities and seeing that they happen, and finally, teamwork, working well as a member of a group or team. So the fourth virtue of justice has fairness, leadership, and teamwork as the characteristics underneath them. Okay. The fifth virtue is temperance. So this category includes the strengths that protect against excess. So they include forgiveness, 
forgiving those that have done wrong, modesty, letting one's accomplishments speak for themselves, prudence, being careful about one's choices, not saying or doing things that might later be regretted, and self-regulation, regulating what one feels and does. So the fifth virtue, temperance, has the characteristics of forgiveness, modesty, prudence, and self-regulation. Okay. The final virtue is transcendence, under which they're the strengths that forge connections to the larger universe and provide meaning. These character strengths include the appreciation of beauty and excellence. That's noticing and appreciating beauty, excellence, and performances in all domains of life. Gratitude, being aware of and thankful for all the good things that happen. Hope, expecting the best and working to achieve them. Humor, liking to laugh and tease and bringing smile to others, and finally, spirituality, having coherent beliefs about the higher purpose and meaning of life. So again, the final virtue is transcendence, under which the character strengths include appreciation of beauty and excellence, gratitude, hope, humor, and spirituality. Okay, so those are the 24 distinctive character strengths. So why is it important for us to understand what our character strengths are? Well, for starters, these strengths are the positive parts of our personalities. The truth is you have all 24 of these characteristics, but you have them in varying degrees. Some may be very pronounced, others less so. And in some cases, some might be present to such a small degree, they may not even be really noticeable. The key is to understand what your signature strengths are, because these just aren't strengths. These are essential to who you are. Seligman posits that if we can identify our signature strengths and put them into action, we will not only do our best, but we will feel like we are flourishing the most. When using your signature strengths, you will feel like you are doing what you are meant to do and they will contribute to your well-being in significant and soul-nourishing ways. So how do you identify your strengths? It's delightfully simple, and it won't cost you a penny. To determine your strengths, I am going to send you to a free online research-based character strength survey by the VIA Institute on Character. VIA stands for Virtues in Action. The survey has 96 questions and it takes about 15 minutes to complete. There are no right or wrong answers and no better or worse outcomes. Remember, each of these character strengths meets every one of the criteria I discussed before, each virtuous in their own right, fulfilling and morally valued. The key for you is to respond honestly. Only an accurate assessment will provide you with the tools and knowledge you can use for your greatest benefits. So after you take the survey, you're going to immediately receive a ranking of your 24 strengths. Each of them will have a brief description. You're going to print it out or save it to your computer or whatever and make note of your top four to five strengths because these represent your signature strengths, the characteristics within you that energize you and engage you the most. Now, 
after you complete this survey, you're going to have an option on the website to purchase a full report with a more in-depth analysis if you so choose. But frankly, in my opinion, there's plenty of information on the free report and certainly enough for this exercise and this discussion. All right. So here's a link to the Character Strength Survey by the VIA Institute. I made a pretty link, so it's going to be super easy to remember. VIA is all in caps, okay, because that's virtues in action. And all you got to do is go to maryobana.com slash VIA. Now remember, VIA is all in caps. So maryobana.com slash capital V, capital I, capital A. All right. I'll also provide a link to this in um, the show notes as well. So this is your assignment. And you're going to want to complete this before the next episode. Okay. So because in episode 31, I'm going to share some great information about what you can do once you know what your signature strengths are, and the outsized impact it can have on your life from your relationships to stress management to improve performance, and even more building meaning and purpose in your life. I'll share mine with you too. And we're going to discuss also the other things we can do to thwart hedonic adaptation and reset those reference points. Okay. Now, if you'd like to share this with your friends, partner, and family members, definitely do and have them take the survey too. There's even a cool youth survey option designed specifically for 10 to 17-year-olds. So if you've got kids and you want them to take it as well to understand what their signature character strengths are, survey away. And I think what a great conversation starter this will be. You are So unique, you know that, right? You are incredibly special. And now you can tangibly understand your signature character strengths after you take the survey. So much fun. So I look forward to sharing more next time and the things you can do to amp up your well-being, again, including resetting those reference points and thwarting that hedonic adaptation. Lots of good stuff in the next episode. Until then, be kind And as always, yes, absolutely shine. (laughs) Take it easy.